Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about Google listings, how it can help you to get more sales results for small and medium-sized businesses. I'm so excited to discuss this talk with Amy Toman. How are you? Good. It's great to, to speak to you. I know you've spoken to a lot of very, very experienced, knowledgeable SEOs, so it's an honor to be here. Yeah, a big pleasure to get you because I love learning from experts. I love to get new skills and I'm a student in this life. I keep learning you know, every single day. I can get something new and yeah, try to prioritize what actually will work for me. Amy, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Sure. I have been, I've been online forever. I've been online since just a long time, probably about 1987 or 88. I started working in SEO about uh, nine years ago. I started working with very, very small businesses, a lot of solo business owners. Um, I, I now work with in legal SEO for an agency. Also, of course, you know, advise and consult other projects. And I also have spent a lot of time on the Google Business Profile Forum, uh, which is a place where business owners can get their, um, hopefully get their problems, either questions answered or problems resolved. I've spent so much time on there now that I am a platinum product expert. There's five levels, diamond being the highest, and then there's platinum. I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of hours on there. I helped a lot of businesses come back, again, get resolution to their concerns or their, their issues and it's been a really good experience and it's helped me learn a lot about the different problems that people have the ways to resolve them and sometimes it's just unbelievable on both sides either what people don't understand and kind of the the missteps that google has and they occasionally will have a hiccup so that that's a big part of it is trying to kind of find out where things need to be and help them get there real big experience i agree completely okay amy I want to start from the first question. So basic question about Google listings. What is it? Can you tell what kind of beast and how uh, this feature can help uh, small businesses to get results? Oh, I mean, I'm sure everyone has seen these. Google My Business listings are there now. They're now, I keep going back and forth, so I will occasionally make that mistake. They're now known as Google Business Profiles. They are those small things. Say when you're looking up on your mobile device, you're on your car and you want to want to find like a local uh, pizza, pizza place, pizzeria. And you just type in pizzeria near me. And there's a, a group of small listings that come up that usually have an image and then they have the business name and then they have ways to contact them. Those are Google business profiles. They have become ubiquitous they are everywhere and every business should have one a lot of businesses some that i've worked with get well most that i work with get over 50 percent of their incoming leads from these free google business profiles the thing is that there are um they are free but there's not a lot of paid support so you have to kind of take care of it on your own or find somebody who can help you do that and that's where that that forum comes in. Like a lot of other Google products, they have this forum where volunteers, knowledgeable volunteers come in. And the Google business listings, it's just if you go offline, it's usually a lot of money that you're missing. So it's your benefit to keep them kind of where they should be and be ready for problems if they come up. 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about best practices. You know, I usually avoid best practices because I know each, each case is different, you know, from my experience. It's better not to use them. I love learning uh, interesting ideas, how someone can get results, but of course it's better to personalize experience and go ahead with your unique selling proposition, with your strong side. Anyway, can you list best practices for Google listings, what uh, webmasters can do today, and uh, your tips how to do it faster, better, and provide a high-quality job? Yes. Um, I I know this from kind of minding them for our business, business I work for, as well as um, helping individuals out. Both, both sides of it. Uh, best practices in general are just sticking to the rules and anticipating problems. So when you set the listing up, you should be using the title, the listing, the business name that is on your paperwork. Do not add your services. Do not add your location unless they are in your business paperwork. So you start with that. And as I said, I mentioned business paperwork make sure that when you set your Google listing up, you have supporting documentation so that if a problem does arise, you can present that Google, that paperwork to Google so that they understand that you are a legitimate business and, oh, look, you know, here is, here is proof of your business name and your location. So that, that's the first thing. Use the information that you have that's legit, that's based on your, your paperwork. Uh, address addresses can be hard for people to kind of work with and what you want to do is you want to use the address that is on your paperwork but you want to make sure that if it if you do you need to for your address to show you can either have it show or not show if it shows which in some cases people say you get a little you get a little better of a result than if your address doesn't show but here are the rules if your address shows you have to have permanent signage and it has to be a legit address it cannot be a shared workspace it cannot be uh you can't share it with someone else it can't be um it can't be co-working space it can't be a post office or a post office boxes place like mailboxes etc ups store you can't have any of those it has to be a bricks and mortar space that you control hint hint it cannot be one that you're um, say that you're co- people who work for you. It can't be your employee's home either. It has to be one that you fully control. Again, make sure that you have that in the um, in the paperwork. And when you are using your home or another area that does not have uh, your address, that does not have permanent signage, there's a little toggle that you would turn off so that your address does not show. Because if it does show, then you can get suspended for that. So that's, I mean, the address and the, um, the listing title are the two biggest elements. And then pretty much you can, you can kind of go with the rest of it in terms of your address, your, your URL, that's going to be fairly the same as your, your website, nothing special on that. Um, most of the other elements are fairly consistent with what you would have. There's not really a lot of adjustment on that. Um, and, and the biggest thing I always tell people is just make sure that you have paperwork that backs up what you put on there. If you say you're at a certain address, make sure that's on your paperwork. If you say this is your business title, make sure it's on there. 
sometimes what people will do is they will find that it, they would like to put their service in their title. Not it, You can't do that unless you have, like I said, paperwork to support it and website, things like that. Um, but there's no reason you shouldn't do it. Just go to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the whoever, wherever you get, you register your business. In the U.S., it's usually your state for your LLC or a DBA. Uh, in Australia, I think it's the ABN. I know there are some in Canada as well. And most countries have that. So just get it changed at that level. Then get it changed on your utility bill and your rent or your insurance or whatever. And then change it to that title. There's no, no one saying you can't have these this information in your title. You just have to have paperwork to back it up. So that's best practices is pretty much always have proof that what you're putting on there is legit for your business. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So we need to have these papers for Google yeah, to uh, verify our location. It's, I will say, let me just tell you one thing. You don't need, I always tell people, anybody can get a Google listing, mm -hmm. but not everybody can keep a Google listing. Because Google's not going to ask you for that paperwork. When it mm -hmm. when it comes into play is if you get suspended. When you get mm -hmm. suspended, uh -huh. the less time that you spend offline, the better. Because again, this is money that you're losing. So that's why I always tell people before you get started, make sure you have that paperwork in hand or you know where to get it. Because you don't have to have it for Google, but you have to have it if you get suspended to get your listing back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, uh, let's talk, for example, plumbing. Yeah, uh, if someone can provide high quality services with plumbing and customers don't need to have the office, they don't need your location, they need someone who can come to their homes to fix, uh, sync everything. So uh, what uh, this, uh, I don't want to call them freelancers, okay, people who can uh, work in different places uh, need to if they provide services in a specific location yes those um service usually services businesses they refer to i think um and mm -hmm. so they would not have their address show but then but other than that everything is pretty much this well they would not have their address show one other thing is cool is that when your address does not show what then happens is your um, when your address does show, the building or the space that you listed, whatever is there, that shows. When you do not show your address, which again, you should not if you don't have people come to you, like you said, a services business, a mm -hmm. service business, then you don't want it to show. But what, what Google does instead of showing the address, showing the building, what it does is it shows a service area map which is mm -hmm. really good for people because like if you know that somebody um you, if you need to have somebody come to your house if you can see from the google listing whether you're in their service area or not that is going to save you a little a little bit of time doing research so just remember that when you do a service area when you do, or if you're going to take off your address and a lot of people do it for reasons for for their individual reasons personal reasons just make sure that you enter your service area. The thing to remember about service area is two things. First of all, um, Google, it, it, when you enter that service area, that doesn't mean that Google's going to recommend you in those areas. I mean, it often does, but, but it doesn't always. And the other thing is 
the service areas that you enter need to stay under two hours from your location. So I had somebody the other day on the somewhere asking a question. I think it may have been Reddit. And what I when they said they don't know why they had some marketing issue. And I said, mm -hmm. you extended your service area out 300 miles. And he said, yeah. And I'm not getting recommended for that. And I was like, okay, first of all, I didn't say this is the rule, you know, and I always sort, I always quote a source because Google is, is pretty good, not always, but pretty good about putting this stuff out there. And I said, and just remember two things. First of all, it's supposed to be within two hours driving distance. Also, they're only going to recommend you in, I don't know, two miles, five miles, 10 miles from where you're located. So if you want anything more than that, you know, you have to do other things. But um, but that's one thing to remember for services businesses. Just remember too um, that you can't you shouldn't have your address on there, and yet you should enter your service area. But just remember it to keep it within two hours of your location. Mm -hmm. So guys, if you have no Ferrari, you know to uh, to get your clients faster, uh, Lamborghini and other sport cars <laughs> yeah it's better to play by rules on google <laughs> yeah and oh, yeah. Uh, i uh, i get a lot of questions about virtual address what do you think is it good idea today to uh, create this address or not no now here's here's the problem when people say virtual address i'm not i'm not quite sure what they mean but i do know it means that it's it's not a place that they usually control um, like I, I spoke with somebody uh, yesterday who runs a, a co-working space. And the problem with that was they had spoken with somebody else who said they offered like 50, um, 50 spaces for people to use them as, as an address. The thing is, Google wants all addresses, and this is whether they show or not, to be legitimate addresses virtual things like a mailbox, et cetera, or um, um, a co-working space that says you can get your mail here, those don't work because you don't control that space, right? If you add like, say, say bricks and mortar, right? You as store, storefront, you control that space, right? All the mail comes directly to you and you can pick it up and whatever. Um, at a mailbox's place or a co-working space, you're just renting a little like them to give it to you. So that's not under your control. And Google says you can't have that. So that's something to keep in mind. Again, you can get the listing at that location, but if you get suspended, you yeah. have to be able to prove that you're in control of that space by like rent or lease or utility or whatever. And of course on virtual, you can't provide any of those. <laughs> So it's really, it's not worth, you know, it's not worth the effort and it's not worth probably the expense of, of getting it. It's much better to kind of go by the Google's rules from the outset. Yeah. It's the same, like, uh, you know, when someone has no, uh, driver license, but uh, knows how to drive the car, you know? So yeah, you can, yeah. you can, but if police can stop you. You can't explain why you yes. have no driver license. Yeah. Well, I've also got a horror story about this too that people should remember in terms of using an address that is not under their control. Um, I have somebody who came to me. She purchased uh, for a service business. She purchased um, a certain area. Well, she lives. It was a city, and but she lives 45 minutes south. 
her listing was suspended for her just kind of making too many edits in a short period of time. It wasn't anything awful. But the problem was she was using a mailbox's store to get her mail. Mm -hmm. So to get her listing back, she had to change her address to everywhere her paperwork was, which is at her house. But remember I said 45 minutes. So now that her listing has changed, the problem is that she's not going to be, um, she's not going to be recommended by Google in the service area that she had purchased from that franchise company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I said to her, you're going to, you, the best thing you could do is just rent an office in that area. She's like, oh, I can't do that. And I said, well, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you because Google is Google recommends you around the area where you have registered your business, your, your, yeah, your, your Google listing and your business. So if you want something that is again, distant, you have to, you have to make sure basically you're not going to get it unless you just kind of market heavily, you do paid ads, you do some other things, optimize your website for it. But that's the thing. It's when people, people don't often realize that when they're using an address that is not within Google's guidelines and they get called on it, they have to use a different address. They're no longer going to be recommended in that same, in that same area. So that's again, something that you need to prepare for going forward. Mm-hmm. Sure you have yeah. Outline in the at the outset. Yeah, valuable. You mentioned that uh, suspended Google Google listing. What about Google Business Profile? So, if Google listing is suspended, uh, we still have Google Business Profile or not? Uh, no, it's when I say that I meant sorry, I meant Google Business Profile. When the Google okay. Business Profile is suspended, and sometimes depending on on how serious it is, it will sometimes mm-hmm. still be shown. But yeah. other times they will take it completely offline. So okay. again, the faster you can get your information into Google, the one and the one thing I will say in terms of suspensions, don't don't ever approach it as though Google is wrong. What mm-hmm. you need to do is you need to approach it. I know they may be, and that's totally fine. I mean, yeah, it's happened. It happens a lot of times. Oops, Google made a mistake. Now they fixed it. But what you need to do is start out with saying what can instead of what did i do wrong you have to look at your listing try to see if there's anything that is either wrong or google could think is wrong and then again find your paperwork i'm big on paperwork but that's because it it really does help you get your listing back where it should be so never a reply to um a a suspension notice by saying i um you know, I, I fixed everything. Everything is fine. And then leaving it that always, always, always submit paperwork to prove the information on your listing is legit. That's mm-hmm. I, I have yet to hear somebody say that they got it back just by saying my listing is fine. It's almost always my listing is fine. And here's my paperwork to prove it. So that's, that's mm-hmm. something for everybody to keep in mind if you do get suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Valuable. Okay. Uh, can you tell the impact of Google listings to uh, local SEO search uh, rankings? What do you think? How it can help? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 amazing because, uh, you know, there there's organic and there is local, and um, the thing is that you are going to get a lot, a lot, a lot of business coming to you directly from directly from your Google listing. You will get some from your website, and they they work they work hand in hand. Your your Google listing 
will help get traffic into your, your into your website just inherently because there's a link to it. There's probably several links to it if, you, if you're good. Um, and but but I will say if you want to get things like if you want to, if you have several areas in which several area named areas that you want to get business, you can't just have it on one or the other. They do need to work together. Right. So say you are in location A and you but you also serve location B. You need to have have your website optimized for both of those. You need to be able to to show Google and teach Google that you are there in those different locations. So you need to work together from both your um, both your GBP and your website to do that because they do work they do work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, if we have uh, two location A and and B, uh, and if users are looking. Uh, differently i mean like uh, plumbing uh, near me a plumbing near me b so do we need to create two pages or we can unite uh, content in one page to explain that we can help in both uh, areas what do you think about that oh i i am a big one for individual services uh, services mm -hmm. pages and location pages so i i always suggest because i, I work with many small businesses where you have one page that is just just says services, and this should be linked off the primary uh, navigation bar. From there, you want to have um, you want to link out to the individual location pages for one for um, location A, one for location B. I I go out of my way on this. They should not be identical. The text on those pages should not be identical. Sometimes you will find people, yeah. on it, and I actually worked on a, a site like this last week. 50 pages they were all the text was identical on all of them except for the place name and i just kind of you know i did one of those i felt like a, a walking emoji of like this you can't do that <laughs> you can't do that it doesn't basically because it doesn't help users it, it really doesn't mm -hmm. so what you need to do on these pages is especially and this is especially if you only have a google listing for for the one primary location for all these locations, I strongly recommend having a photo of someplace recognizable in the area. And say like if you're in St. Louis, they have the arch. Maybe have somebody performing whatever service with the arch in the background, right? Or because I had a dog walker and she had a photo of somebody playing with a dog and you saw the arch in the background. Or if you had, uh, if you have branded vehicles, right? For contractors, plumbers, people like that have a branded vehicle with, again, something in the in the background, something noticeable in the background. So that would be the the, the top image, the cover image. Uh, and then have content that is helpful to people. So not only do you want to say that you service this area, that you love this area for these things, maybe go forward and talk about the different things that are in that area that you that either you like or you recommend or that are related to your industry and then link to them. So that yeah. you're provi you're providing some kind of service. Now, people used to say, "Well, I'll link to you, and you link to me," and I, I don't even bother with that. I just say, <laughs> "Okay, like for for say a dog walker, right? You can say things like this: this hotel is, you know, will allow pets, or uh, this veterinary hospital is open 24 hours and on weekends. Um, this place you can buy cool pet toys." You know, this bar has happy hour that allows dogs on, on, you know, whatever night, Thursday night. So that brings a little value. It also teaches Google that you are um, 
that you are a local to that area and you have some knowledge there. I would also have photos on these pages, on these local pages, not only of the photo on the top, but also people providing your staff, preferably providing the service services that you mentioned. You know, I mean, it sounds silly, like, okay, like it doesn't necessarily have to be providing the service at this exact time, but like if it's a plumber, you know, say you have the photo at the top, then you'd have a photo of the plumber at the side, maybe just smiling again next to a wrapped vehicle, or maybe, um, maybe, you know, just sitting as standing next to a project that they just completed, putting in a water heater, something like that. But again, having the branded shirt on there or cap so that there is it's Google and users can easily make the connection between what they're doing and where they work. Um, I, I'm really big on that local services schema is I think local business schema, sorry, um, should really help. You also on these pages want to have um, internal links, links to um, this is we're talking a, um, service, uh, sorry, location pages right now. So you want to have links to the services pages page and, or pages, uh, usually the, the first one, and then have links to the contact page as well as, you know, buttons and all. And if they want to start, if you have, um, cat, uh, sorry, calendar software. But the big mm -hmm. thing is to provide value on this page. Don't just say we serve this area, show a map and walk away. You want to have photo, you want to have some local content, uh, and you want to have a CTA so that people, there's never a question about how people can reach you. Because those pages can be quite valuable, especially if you only have, say you have like five different locations, but you only have one Google listing. So by, by having the local pages on the website and then, and this is always fun, using mentioning those locations in your posts, in the Google My Business posts, or when you upload photos, again, have photos that might be recognizable to people in those local areas. Maybe even somebody standing in front of a, you know, welcome to, you know, town name, welcome to St. Louis, welcome to St. George, welcome to Anchorage. So standing in front of that sign, again, Google, if you think about it, with a vision AI tool, you can now tell what Google can see in that image, what it can pull out. You can see in, in others, in others, you can see that they pull out the text. So because they can sense so much in these images, by putting those up there on both the Google listings and on the location pages, you're just feeding them more information for them to learn about your business as an entity. So, so mm -hmm. location pages are great for that. Nice. You know, I love how you explain, you know, with a lot of details, you know, yeah, I understand everything. I'm pretty sure that my audience, yeah, uh, enjoys uh, this conversation. And Amy, I want to ask you, you mentioned about AI, by the way, you mentioned that Google uses AI to recognize pictures. But, uh, you know, once I spoke uh, conversation with Jeff Coyle, uh, co-founder of Market News, and he told me that in the future, we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI. The second company will implement AI. And the third company will be obsolete. Can leave the trade, you know. <laughs> so I'm interested about how we can use AI in local SEO. How it can help to create content. Because to, today, if, if I go to ChatGPT and ask, please write the text plumbing in Miami. I can get for a few seconds, but I'm not sure about the quality. So can you tell how to use it right? <laughs> um, this is this is such a developing topic. 
This is so I don't know if right has been defined yet. Um, the things that I have seen have been um, a lot of kind of questions and answers. <clears throat> Excuse me, a lot of questions and answers along the lines of, you know, um, things that are known about certain areas or re, re uh, sorry, ways to define answers to things, text, things like that. Um, so I have not used it a lot, primarily because I still don't trust it. I, I was following today, and I know this may date this podcast, but I was following a little bit today um, the gentleman who is under the attorney who is having problems because he submitted a legal brief, a lot of which was, a lot of which, maybe all of which was done by an AI content creator. And he's having problems with it because of that. So I've been very hesitant now, just at this time, to recommend people to use small business owners to use it quite yet. And the reasons are that um, it, it's still it's still in the development phase, and everything that it, that it creates, you really you can't just put it out there automatically. You have to check everything. I mean, this gentleman with with the legal case, they were citing law cases decided decisions that don't exist. Yeah. I was like, and you would think that somebody would, would know enough to have, have checked it, right. Have, have checked all the copy before they do whatever. So I'm still at the point of saying, experiment with it. If the information that it creates helps you with your producing content, you know, d definitely go for it. I would never do an entire page. I would do sections. And I would be exceptionally specific and keep prompting until you get the response that you think is best for the content that you're going to produce. To be totally honest, I've actually had more fun with experimenting with um, Google, uh, sorry, Bing's uh, AI image creator. Yeah. yeah. Because I those, it. I think right now, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think you're judged as much by your images as you are by your by your text. And so in as much as you don't want to publish a photo of a woman with six fingers, yes, I have seen those, or where that the nose quite isn't, isn't quite where you want it to be. Um, I think though, I think you can forgive those a little bit more than you can on content. So I don't have an answer right now as to how to use it for local and use it the right way, because I think we're all, I think that's all in development right now. And we're all trying to figure out, figure that out at this point. The, the only thing I would say is if you choose to do it, experiment a little, keep prompting it, refining it until you get the answer that you would think is, is appropriate and always fact check. Don't put anything out there without fact checking it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, 12 years ago when I started my digital journey, I hired a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. I gave them topics, weight loss, Plumbing Miami, finance, everything. They wrote Google ranked. But things change many times. Uh, Google fired this team. Okay, I fired this team, sorry, but Google helped me in how to do it. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. And today I cooperate with experience. Uh, I mean, like with specialists who have experience. Uh, for example, we pay attention to crypto investing uh finance topics and we cooperate with specialists who can write for forbes bloomberg investopedia because i don't know another way how to get results ai can help but 
I can't decide everything. Uh, it's just not, but, it's not there yet. And like yeah. we, um, place I work, we have the content department is superb. What the, the information they pump out is correct. It's well-organized. It's well-formatted. It flows beautifully. It comes up in featured snippets. Um, it's just, it's just a really generally a really good read on the different topics, anything from the regular, you know, the regular kind of standard pages that you need to have to blog topics. And I still don't think that, um, that AI content creation is quite there. I think it's getting there. And remember AI content is based on what's already been put out there. So it has to kind of learn how to not make things up and how to find out which what information is authoritative right because i mean there's there's a lot of there's different levels of almost any content that comes out i mean i remember when the about 20 years ago i have to admit that um seeing seeing things that came out like recipes they were not very good and you could tell that they weren't always tested really well and now you don't see that as much because people have, Google has learned not to recommend those. And people have learned that they just don't, they just don't want to waste the time on that. So that's what I'm saying. I think, I think there's, there's going to be some good development coming out over the years, but I don't think it's going to be right now. And content department like ours are not going anywhere or like yours. If they're, you know, if they're specialized and they know what they're doing, they're, they're not going away. Yeah. Nice. Amen. I want to ask you about something that I always do, you know, um, about failing mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them now because I don't know another way how to learn. Uh, and uh, for example, I think everyone starts from generic strategies, best practices, then we can uh, fail, understand how it works to adapt and go ahead. Um, and I love, for example, to start something new. Uh, I remember when I started PR. I felt all the time with writing press releases, pitching them. Then I learned how it works, uh, hired the right specialist. And uh, today we got mentions on Forbes, CNN, many other great websites because of uh, knowing the process. Can you list mistakes that companies still do in local SEO and your tips how to find another way? Wow, that's that's a that's a really really good question. Um, wow, um, I think the first thing is is to be to be real um, mm-hmm. on your website. It's always better to have to to stay away from stock images. Mm-hmm. You want to have images that show your business, show your people. Yes, I know you will say, uh, you know what? I have high turnover. Well, first of all, don't have high staff turnover, <laughs> but it's still okay. You know, okay, fine. Say somebody leaves. Well, then just get someone else, you know? But but you should really, that's the first thing is just to be legitimate. Show photos of your people showing, like providing services. Okay. Another thing is, is, you know, kind of don't overpromise. If you don't have something down, go slow with it. Don't necessarily advertise it until you really do have down all the specifics about it and how to provide it. 
Um, in terms of Google listing, don't buy reviews and don't, um, don't have people say things in reviews that aren't true because Google is getting better at um, like especially attacks, like don't do an attack on a competitor because we're getting to the point now where um, Google can, uh, can sense those and they will stop them from being uh, reported or people, competitors themselves or business owners now realize that they're being attacked. <laughs> they, know, yes. they know, you know, contact Google. If Google doesn't work, go to this other, you know, this forum or go to a specialist who can take care of it for you. So I, I, I think it's just honesty overall. Um, you know, don't overpromise things. Don't kind of fight dirty with people because especially with social media these days, these things come out. It, you know, it used to be when there was a problem, somebody would just tell their friend or tell their neighbor. Now they go on social media, whether it's going to your town's Facebook page or next door or um, or somebody goes on TikTok. And the next thing you know, you know, this place, this business that they're complaining about has all these reviews based on one person's experience. And you're not supposed to do that. Your review is supposed to be based on your own experience. So you just want to be honest with everybody. If you make a mistake, make a mistake, fix it, apologize, move on, or apologize, fix it, move on. But just try not to just kind of don't play dirty. Try to be honest and display your business the way it is. You know, that's why I say stay away from stock images. You know, if you're having somebody who is, uh, again, who's, who's building something, who's a carpenter or who is, um, you know, a plumber, or somebody who who creates something, let, let them be the star a little bit. Let them be in photos for your business. Let them be on the Google photos. Let them be on your social media to just show what it is that you do. So everybody is proud of themselves. And I think that's that's the biggest thing is to be honest and to show your business in a positive light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I remember when Bill Gates said about negative reviews, it's the biggest asset. You know, learn from negative reviews because you don't know how update products your customers know better than you. So you just learn from them uh, and create better products. I yeah. have something okay. to add to that, um, which is because you made me just made me think about it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Is that something else to remember? And I it's it's sort of along the line of failures, but possibly not. Remember to read your reviews and take them all in. And see how much they really, are they real? Are they, and I say that, are the people just being nice? Because I've found, and I've heard others agree with this, is that a lot of times you find most of the details of a business or a product in the negative reviews. So I was looking at a listing today that had a really great rating. It was like 4.7 or 4.8. And when you look at the negative reviews, though, they all said the same thing, that they weren't very nice on the phone. Either they mm -hmm. didn't pick up the phone or the person was rude yeah. or some variation of that. So that, I mean, that's another thing. You wouldn't consider that a failure per se, but you have that knowledge now. You can't get rid of those reviews. So you have <laughs> to kind of, what am I going to do with this information, right? So, uh, so, okay, yeah, deal with the reviews in print. But think about it. If that's the perception of your business right now, you have to fight that by doing what? fixing the problem. If they're saying the yeah. people on the phone are rude, talk to everybody and say, look, this 
is the way this has to change. We're getting known for this. This is what we should do instead. And make sure it's like an ongoing process. You know, if you're having, you know, more than one or two reviews and mentioning the same negative thing, just try to fix it going forward so that others, others realize, oh, you know, that was just a momentary thing, you know, that that's not something for the entire company. Because that mm -hmm. that can mean a lot if people get get attitude like that. And especially if you don't have a lot of reviews. If you don't oops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you don't have a <laughs> lot of reviews. Yeah, I agree. Sorry. I think they, I, they, it uh, makes a lot, you know. Yeah, according to some studies, uh, customers can in 30 percent, yeah, probably I don't remember exactly, like 30 percent of times customers can change uh negative reviews to positive if you decide their pain points problems so yeah if you have negative reviews i agree just reach out ask them how you can fix it how you can help provide free gifts yeah because uh, uh, if you have still have negative reviews that's okay because uh, more uh, customers trust products if they have negative reviews you know if you have only positive yes. it's not it doesn't look legitimate yeah and it doesn't it's very true it's very true but i will say just be careful there's a few things you should know um you can't google does not google says you can't offer anyone something for changing a negative review just just they've mm. actually enshrined that in their paperwork yeah so if somebody says i was offered you know i was offered this to change my review and they can prove it you know that doesn't look good for the business but yeah people will change their review if you can talk to them and say look we have fixed the problem you know um would you would you try again with us we would love to we would love to see if your perception changes that's definitely a good idea yeah i agree amy and i have final question uh according to your experience it's interesting that we usually get uh, high results with customers who understand SEO. If they don't, usually tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray, uh, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips, Chelsea, all these many great experts. Uh, uh, go to Google, YouTube. It doesn't matter what kind of content you choose, just learn, understand the basic. Then we can cooperate like a cohesive team. We understand why we need to create high quality content what kind of content to create, what is our strategy, uh, many different things. Uh, let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day in SEO. What will you do today to learn more about SEO? Wow, really good question. The first thing I would do is build my own website, which I did. Mm -hmm. uh, build your own <laughs> website. Um, if, the, if it's the first day at a job, Hopefully you've already done that and you've done a little bit of, of coding and a little bit of, um, of SEO learning yourself, you know, learning what the different terms mean, learning what does and what does not work, things like that. Um, there's a really good site and I want to say it's Aleda Solis uh, called learningseo.io. And that is, it is really, really well packed. It's a, it's a, it's, it, if you look at it, the last time I looked at it, it was just this really, really long, well laid out, um, can't think of it, it's like a flow chart. And it talks about, okay, if you wanna learn this topic, and then there's three prongs and two prongs and four prongs, really, really complete information on all different aspects of, of SEO. So I would, I would start with that. I would also go on to, I would start following people on, um, 
on Twitter, which I found to be the one source of just so much information. Mm -hmm. um, follow people who you think are like um, Barry is very good. He's at um, Rusty Brick at Rusty Brick. Mm -hmm. Gary Schwartz, he's he's very good. He has up to the minute um, changes, news, anything that happens. Lily Ray, you mentioned, is very good. There are there are Glenn Gabe is very good. John Mueller, even though he's not on there as much, there are a lot of people to start with um, who you should just go on there. And if you see somebody quote someone else, grab it, you know, start following them. It's it's one of the the ways that I learned ever ever so much. And it really does help you, you know, kind of sort through the dross, because I think there are a lot of paid groups that are out there that are helpful. But when you first start out, you just need the basic information. And so for that, like I said, I, I would go learningseo.io, and then I would go on to Twitter, starting with um, at Rusty Brick, or, and he also does search engine roundtable. And mm -hmm. I, would, I would subscribe to that and get that every day. Plus, he does a video roundup on Fridays. Uh, lovely man. And he's really in the middle. He doesn't take sides. He claims he's not an SEO, but he's been doing this, I don't know, over like 10 or 15 <laughs> years. And he's just, he's just really, really good. Like I said, he doesn't take sides. He just kind of reports what, you know, what the update has been and what this one says about it or what that one says about it. So that, that's what I would do. I, I would subscribe there and, and just, just start taking it all in, putting it into action and seeing what works. It doesn't and, uh, and changing and being flexible all the time. Mm -hmm. Nice. Great advice. Love it. Love it. Amy, it's a big pleasure to get on the show, to learn from you. I love this experience, you know, to get new skills. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, uh, at my, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. I'm at Twitter uh, at bubbles up. Yes, that's like bubbles up. And um, I'm also, if anybody wants to contact me directly, I also offer Google um, Google Business Profile Action Plans where I go over all, I tell people if they have suspendable elements and I tell them how to op optimize for their business type. And um, I also do SEO audits. They're mostly content. They're, they're not as much um, on the technical side, but I, but I do both. And, uh, but you can reach me at either Twitter on Twitter at bubbles up or at my email, Amy, A-M-Y at A-M-T digital marketing.com. So mm -hmm. Amy at A-M-T digital market. I've got to shorten that, <laughs> but also, <laughs> nice. like I said, at bubbles. Yeah. Up. Okay, guys, you can find the links to Twitter, LinkedIn uh and website in the description below listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for your time love it so fun so valuable uh you lead me to an emergency room i need to spend time to consume all this information <laughs> and think how i can use in my projects uh thanks guys a lot for listening and watching us Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.